This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, very good. How are we doing tonight, everybody? Amen. Wow, we've had quite a day here at church. Some awesome service this morning and then tonight. Um, I know that God's got some good things in store for us. And so I'm just saying, always come prepared, right? You should always show up to church ready to go, man. You know, I don't go to a buffet unless I'm hungry, right? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out there and let, and I'm telling you, when I come to church, I come hungry because I wanna get it. I wanna get what I came for. And so I believe that that's what God wants for you to do tonight. We're gonna get into tonight to part four of our series called I Am. Have you, has anyone been following along with this? I am. And so uh, to catch up a little bit, you know, in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Exodus, uh, the Lord referred to himself as the great I am. And so uh, Moses is told to go deliver the people out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses says, OK, I'll go. But who do I tell is sending me? I'm not going to go in my name. Who do I tell Pharaoh is the one that sent me? You know, am I going to tell him that some other country? And God said, tell him I am sent you. And he's like, okay, well, what all does that mean? Because that is a very open-ended statement. If someone just says, hey, hi there, I am. What are you? What do you need? Well, I need finances. Great, That's great because I am a great provider. I am the Lord that provides for your needs. Man, I, well, I'm, I'm sick. I need healing. That's great because I am the healer. This is your day. Well, man, I've been depressed lately. I am the joy that could set you free. And so when God referred to himself as I am, that is the most powerful and broad statement that he could have ever made because he included everything that you ever need. And so the Hebrew people, the Jewish people are very familiar with this phrase, I am, because they know uh, they know those books of the Bible, the, the, especially the first five there. And so Jesus rolls up on the scene in the New Testament. And one day he gets into this argument uh, with some of the Pharisees and some of the, the people that were supposed to be educated and know everything. And they're arguing and Jesus and, and they say to Jesus, OK, well, Moses made manna come out of heaven. What could you do for us? And he's like, please, manna. Moses gave them bread that spoiled after one day. But I tell you the truth, I am the bread of life. You eat from me, you'll never be hungry again. And so those people that enraged the people because they realized when he said that phrase, I am, they knew what that meant. He just called himself God and it ticked them off and they were fixing to kill him for that. But then Jesus said it six more times, seven times in the book of John. Jesus referred to himself as I am. And so he said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And last week he said, he said in John chapter 10, I am the gate. I am the door. And this week we're going to look at the fourth thing he said. And so I want you to open your Bibles again to John chapter 10. And if I could have the ushers bring me, Robert, can I get about two bottled waters? I don't have any up here and I think that I'm going to need some. I've got one bottled water. Can I get one more? I'm sorry. Uh, so we're going to look in John chapter 10 tonight. About what Jesus was saying. And uh, the, thank you, sir. The interesting thing is this, is that we just read in John 10 right there where Jesus said, I am the gate. But here we are. We're flipping down just a couple of more verses. 
And uh, and here's where Jesus says the next one. Now, we all know John chapter 10 and verse 10. Who in this church has ever heard John 10, 10? You've probably heard it many, many times. That's a that's a portion of scripture that we use very, very frequently. And it says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I've come to give them life and life more abundantly. And here we are in John chapter 10 and verse 11. Jesus says this right after he says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He'll abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he is not their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. And so Jesus right here, once again, do I have any shepherds in the crowd? Didn't think so. So, oh, we got Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina, I'm talking about physical. You're on a farm with, uh, with, with sheep, okay? And so, again, Jesus is using an illustration that was very familiar to those guys. Everybody back then knew a shepherd. It was like one of the main uh, industries. You know what I mean? Everybody. So this wasn't that big of a stretch of the imagination for them. But for us, we don't have a full understanding. I don't know a whole lot about sheep herding. I don't know a whole lot about running a sheep farm or whatever, but these people, they, when Jesus used these phrases, I'm the door. I am the good shepherd. And when I, and, 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 and there's a hired hand. There's somebody that just works for the shepherd. He's just in it for the money. He's not willing to risk his life for the sheep because he's only doing it for the money. When a wolf attacks somebody that's just a hired hand, they'll take off running and save their own skin. But a real shepherd will not do that. He'll stay with the sheep even if it means himself, his own life. And we know that Jesus meant that because Jesus, the good shepherd, did lay down his life for the sheep. Jesus, that was voluntary. You realize that, right? Then people argue about, well, these, these people killed Jesus and it was, it was them. And, and, and when it all boils down, Jesus said, no one's going to take my life from me. I'm going to give it away. You can't take something from me if I'm going to give it to you. You can you can sit there and brag all day. I robbed you. Not really. I gave it to you. But if you want to think that, go ahead. And Jesus, he said, I'm the good shepherd. I will lay down my life for the sheep. I would die for these people. And then he ultimately did. That's a big deal. That tells you when somebody's willing to die for something, I would say they believe in what they're doing. Wouldn't you? I mean, really, when it comes down to it, if somebody would put their life on the line for something, they really mean it and they would actually do it. And so I want to show you something here, though. Keep your place in John 10 and we're going to be coming back to the New Testament. But I want to show you something in Proverbs chapter three. So flip over there for me. Proverbs chapter three. Now, one of the main aspects of, of being a shepherd is, is the protection aspect. Because that's one of the main jobs of a shepherd is to protect the sheep. And Jesus did that. He protected the sheep and he still does. Anybody in here, you could say that Jesus has protected your life. I would hope so. And I know, I mean, I know so many testimonies, even right here in this room of, of people that the Lord has undoubtedly been the one that's protected your life. And kept you going. He saved you from a sickness. He saved you from some other calamity. But the good shepherd has definitely been there for you. 
And that's one major aspect of being a shepherd is protecting the life of the sheep. Now, notice Jesus didn't just say, I'm, I'm a shepherd. I'm one of those. He said, I am the good shepherd. I, I'm the good shepherd. He set himself apart from every other shepherd in the world right there. And so, no doubt about it, a good shepherd will protect the sheep. But another aspect of taking care of the sheep is correcting them when they need it. Anybody? Sometimes even, you know, sometimes you gotta discipline the sheep. You gotta, you gotta teach them so they don't go out and hurt themselves because sheep, they are, uh, they're herding animals. They stick together in a flock. And, and I'll show you later that sheep aren't dumb like everybody thinks, but they will follow each other around. And so if one sheep jumps off the cliff, the rest will just sometimes follow after him and go do something stupid. And so a good shepherd, he protects them and he disciplines them and shows them their boundaries. And that's something that you got to realize that Jesus does for you. Jesus protects you, but who knows that Jesus will correct you and discipline you also. It's true. He will correct you when you need it. Is there anybody in here that's ever needed a little correction in life? Now, nobody likes it. Nobody wants it. But it'll save your life if you'll receive it. And so Proverbs 3 and verse 11, it says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when He corrects you. Well, why? For the Lord corrects those He loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. So one massive sign of love is correction and discipline. If I, if there was a parent that never disciplined their kids, I would seriously doubt their love for that child. Now we just let him do whatever he wants to, you know, he'll figure it out on his own eventually. I mean, he'll eventually just get it. Well, what are you going to do when, you know, the car flattened him? What are you going to do when something really bad happened? That's not love. That's negligence. And I'm telling you that the good shepherd, our savior, Jesus, he loves you enough to discipline you and correct you. And it says right here, don't reject the Lord's discipline. Don't be upset when he corrects you because God loves those that he corrects. That's a sign of love, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Now, I've seen a lot of times in, in, in the church world or in the real world that a lot of sheep, they get upset and run off when they get corrected. They just they go run off the cliff and sometimes some other sheep follow them. That's awful because sheep are herding animals. And that's one big thing. All of us, we are the sheep of his pasture, it says. And so whether you realize it or not, you are a sheep. You're a sheep. And that's one reason why you should be with the rest of the flock, because that's where you belong. It's weird if you just see some random sheep standing out in the middle of nowhere with no other sheep. I mean, that that would be a very strange thing. That That is not a normal thing to see one sheep out in the middle of the field with no other sheep around. That's bizarre. That shouldn't happen. Sheep belong together because that's what they're created to be. And Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. You're the sheep. But one thing about it is, if you're going to be a good little sheep, you've got to be able to receive the Lord's discipline and correction when He brings it to you. And again, nobody likes correction. Nobody wants to be disciplined. But if you're never disciplined and if you're never corrected, you've probably never really been loved. 
If you can look back on your childhood and say, well, no, they, they never disciplined me not one time. What a terrible childhood. I mean, seriously, that would be awful if your parents never corrected you or disciplined you. I mean, that would raise a pretty lousy adult if they never heard the word no until they were 18, 20 years old. That would be a very unstable. They would not know how to handle the real world, would they? Because there's some things that, you know, you get away with when you're a little kid, but then you go to work, you stick your tongue out at the boss, you're finding a new job. That ain't going to work, is it? Go mop the floor. You mop it. I'm going to go play video games. That, that, it doesn't work. Hopefully that doesn't work at home, but that especially is not going to work when you're out there working a job. You better know how to hear the word no, and you better know how to receive discipline. And I'm telling you right now, the Lord will discipline you. The Lord will correct you. Now, we'll look and see that he doesn't do it the way that most Christians falsely accuse him of. Because there's a lot of his sheep, a lot of his children that accuse him of child abuse. Well, the Lord gave me this sickness to discipline me. I know God put this on me to really teach me something. Why would you accuse a parent of literally injecting cancer into their child's body? How sick is that? Yet people accuse God of that. What, you know, what, what if, uh, you know, there's a child here at church that was sick? Oh, I'll bet, I'll bet his mom did that to him, teach him something. Little strep throat, she probably put it right on him, didn't she? How sick is that? Yeah, we have people that say, well, the Lord must have caused this car wreck to, 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 to do something. God made it happen. Or God caused this sickness. Or, or God, he took that job from me. He made me lose it. Why would he do that? That's not how the Lord disciplines and corrects his children. He sent the Holy Spirit to convict our hearts. For one, He gave us His written Word to show us the way. It's a, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And also in what we see in Jeremiah 3.15 just a couple weeks ago, He said, I'll give you pastors after My own heart to feed you with knowledge and understanding. And the book of Hebrews tells us to, to pay attention to our spiritual leaders for they give an account for your soul. You realize how fun that is to have to give an account for somebody else's soul? You better respect your pastor <laughs> because we're all responsible for our own soul. How would you like to have to answer for a whole bunch of other people's souls? Not fun. But I'm telling you right now, Jesus is the good shepherd and he loves you enough to lay down his life, to protect you and to also discipline you and keep you from running off the edge of the cliff and taking others with you. And so let's look here at Luke chapter 15. Can we flip over there to Luke chapter 15? Is anybody getting anything tonight? Amen. Who's enjoying studying these I am statements from Jesus? It, it's been, I've enjoyed it. But Luke chapter 15. Can we get a little excitement for the Word of God? Alright, good enough. We'll work on that. But Luke chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 4 through 7. Verses 4 through 7. Because... Jesus is the good shepherd. Luke 15, verses 4 through 7, Jesus tells, uh, gives an illustration here. It says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety-nine others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? That's what a good shepherd would do. Even those other ninety-nine, he would leave them to go find the one. Verse 5, and when he has found it, 
he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. There's a lot wrapped up in those verses right there. But notice, notice that shepherd, when he found the lost sheep, he didn't bring it back in shame and just stand behind me so nobody sees you. I don't want anybody to see, you know, what a fool you've been. We'll just carry you back in. Get into your pen. He puts the lost sheep on his shoulders and parades it around in front of everybody and says, rejoice. We found him. The one that ran away, we found. That's, I mean, that's what Jesus does. How, who has ever been that lost sheep? I would say we've all been that lost sheep at one point or another. And we want to come in here and say, well, I, I just, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't want anybody to know. And you don't have to tell everybody your business, but I very strongly believe in making a public declaration of your faith. And, and, and I, I mean, I am all 1000% for it. Don't you be ashamed of accepting Jesus as your Savior. We're going to call you up. You're going to pray in front of people and you're going to admit it to everybody that, yeah, I received Jesus and I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not ashamed of it. Jesus saved my life. And when you step out like that and when you make a bold statement and say, I, he's my shepherd. He, he is mine. That's a powerful thing. That, 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 that's a huge step. I don't believe in, and you just raise your hand and make sure nobody sees you. It's between you and God. Your faith, I'm sorry, is not between you and God. You know, it is in one sense, but at the same time, your faith was never meant to just be, well, God knows that I believe in Him, but I don't want anybody else to know that that's just my business. That's lousy. That's wrong. Everybody should know that you believe in the Lord. Everybody should know what Jesus did for you, how he saved you, how he called you out, how he chased you down when you were about to run off a cliff and take the other sheep with you. Everybody should know what Jesus did for you. And I know a lot of people, even politicians and stuff. Well, I believe, but that's just that's private. I don't tell anybody about that's between me and God. and, 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 And my it's a very private thing to me. What? Why would it be a very private thing to you? That that doesn't make any sense. If Jesus really did something for you, it should be a very bold and open thing that Jesus saved my life. He picked me up and carried me back on his shoulders. And he told me that he wasn't ashamed of me, that he was proud of me and that he was glad that I came home. And then he threw a party for me and there was rejoicing in heaven when I was brought home. There was more rejoicing over me coming back to Jesus than over ninety nine others that never ran away from Jesus. It's a big thing. Don't be afraid. Don't 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 put a a bushel over your candle. You know, the song, this little light of mine. Go ahead and let it shine, people. Don't put it under a bushel. Don't hide it from everybody. That's not what you were called to do. And so the good shepherd, he'll protect you. He'll correct you. And also, I want to show you here really quick in the Old Testament. I made reference to this last week, and it's in First Samuel 17, because I want to show you what an example of a good shepherd, not the good shepherd, but a good shepherd. And that's David in First Samuel 17, because, you know, David was a shepherd, right? Nobody knew that. Wow. Are we a biblically illiterate church? Have you ever read? Was David a shepherd? Was David a king? 
Did David kill a giant one time? Okay, thank you. So, so 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we're going to read a couple of verses here, verse 34. But, but David, he's trying to give, he's trying to tell Saul to convince him, hey, let me go fight the giant. And Saul's like, you're a kid. Why would I let you fight the giant? He, he'll absolutely demolish you. And David, what well, he can go, but he's never been in battle with, you know, the army, but he has fought battles protecting the sheep, right? And so David says here, 1 Samuel 17, 34, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. What? What did I just read? That David, he, he cared enough about the sheep that he would chase a lion or a bear down with a stick to save, to, to save the life of sheep. I mean, we talked about that a little bit last week, but that is a big level of commitment right there. If you would chase down a bear with a stick to save the life of some sheep, you see something in those sheep that I don't see because I don't know any, any animal in this world that I'm going to chase a bear down with a stick for to save. The, I'm not going to do it or to chase down a lion with a, a club, a stick to save the life of the sheep. Why is that? Well, David was an excellent example of what a good shepherd would do. Now, now the, the, these animals that David chased down, the lion was probably more like a mountain lion, which is very scary and ferocious. The bear that he probably chased down was the Assyrian brown bear, which is about the same thing as the North American grizzly bear. Going after a grizzly with a stick. Imagine that. A grizzly with a stick. That's commitment right there. And then Jesus went personally to hell to fight the devil. For you. When He said, I am the Good Shepherd, I believe every word of that. He is the Good Shepherd. He said, somebody else, they would run when they saw trouble coming. But no, a Good Shepherd, He would die there for the sheep. He would lay it all down. And then Jesus eventually did that. Jesus is the good shepherd. He will protect you. He'll lay his life down for you. And he'll provide for you. And he'll absolutely correct you when you need it. But you can't reject it. You need to accept it. And, and, and another thing we're going to say here is this. Is that you need to learn to know the voice of Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Because he's the good shepherd. He said, my sheep know my voice. But listen to me. You need to learn to know the voice of Jesus. If He's the shepherd and you're the sheep, you better, need, you better know how to realize and understand when He's calling you, when He's talking to you, and, and, and you need to know that it's Him and not someone else. You understand that? That you need to, it's your job to learn the voice of the shepherd. That's your responsibility. You need to know. And I'm telling you, there's, you're never going to know how to hear His voice if you never spend time in His Word. If you never spend time talking to Him in prayer. If you never spend time in His house. You're not going to know the voice of the shepherd. Anybody could come up and call your name and you'd go running. I'm telling you right now, His sheep know His voice. John 10, verse 27. I have you all over the place tonight. John 10, verse 27. You need to see this. John chapter 10 and verse 27. It's your job to learn the voice of the shepherd. You need 
to know when He's calling your name. You need to know when He's trying to get your attention. If He's the shepherd and you're the sheep, you better know what your responsibilities are. Because a lot of times we're really good at knowing what God's responsibilities are to us, right? Well, Lord, you're, you're, hey, you're supposed to be my provider. You're supposed to be my protector. You're supposed to be my, what's going on here? But the sheep also have some responsibilities also. You need to know what those are. You don't, you don't need to only know what God's responsibilities are. You need to know what your responsibilities are. John chapter 10 and verse 27, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. Let that sink in. Do you listen to his voice? You're the sheep. And Jesus said right here, my sheep listen to my voice. If you examine your life right now, can you, I mean, only you know, but can you say that you listen to his voice? Or do you kind of hear it in one ear, but let it go out the other like the kids do? I mean, seriously, do you listen when he's talking? Because he talks all the time. He's always calling out to you. Jesus said, my sheep, they listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So your job as a sheep is to listen to his voice, to know him and follow him. That's your job. Are you doing it? Are you listening to his voice? Now, there's a lot of people that maybe, yeah, I follow Jesus. I do the, I do the church thing. I, I crack it open every now and then in the Bible. But, but do you know how to hear his voice? And I know that when I was younger, I, this is, I, I didn't know if I was hearing the voice of God or not. I struggled with it and I felt it was hard for me to hear the voice of God. But now I realize it's not hard to hear the voice of God. You just have to be listening. You just have to actually be paying attention. At times like this, when the Word of God is being presented, it doesn't matter who's up here presenting the Word of God, but right now, the Lord is speaking to you. Some are listening, some are not. It's just the way it is. I mean, I've never had a 100% you know, participation crowd, but I'm telling you right now, the shepherd is speaking right now. Jesus is speaking because His Word is being read. John 10, 27. We just read the Word of God. He's speaking some are listening and getting it. Some are not. Are you listening because God's speaking right now? God never says nothing to me. He probably does all the time. You're just the worst listener in the world. He speaks to you all the time. You're worse than the average man. Oops, I mean, sorry. Sorry, my bad, my bad. But what I'm saying is this, is that do not clap. Do not clap. But what I'm saying is he speaks. But you've got to be listening. And so, He's speaking right now through His Word. When, if, you, if you'd get up in the morning and talk to God, He'd speak to your heart. He'll speak right there to your heart on the inside. And you know it. If you're His sheep, you know when He's speaking to you. But are you listening? Because Jesus said, My sheep listen to My voice. And so, I, I was kind of reading some different articles that, that people have written about being a shepherd and, and having sheep. And, and I read this. Uh, it says, a shepherd has a wonderful memory. The shepherd does. He knows the name of every sheep. I want you to hear this. Okay? A real genuine shepherd, especially talking to the Middle East over there, Israel and everything. A shepherd, those, those shepherds over there, they know the name of every sheep. The flock sometimes contains several hundred, and yet each one has a name, and the shepherd knows it. 
and he calls every sheep by its proper name. Can you imagine that? You've named all these sheep, and oh, hey, there's Timmy over there. Hey, go get, go get Johnny. Go get Johnny. He's running off again. Uh, go, 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 go get, you know, go get Ray Liana, whatever, the, whatever you named your sheep, okay? And so, one observer tells of watching shepherds with flocks upon the slopes of Mount Hermon. He said, each shepherd trains his sheep to come at his call. One from the outer circle in a flock of a thousand will call, will come when his name is called. That's incredible. It is the voice of the shepherd that the sheep recognizes. So these shepherds, they train their sheep to the sound of their voice. And so one guy came along and said, it's not really the, they're not paying attention to the voice. They know what you look like. That's why they obey you. It, it, it's, it's, they know they're going by sight, not by hearing the voice. And so a shepherd, I read this article, he's like, okay, fine, let's do it this way. How about I'll trade clothes with you, I'll trade outfits. You can go out there in my shepherd's clothing and call them and see what happens. And so this guy goes out there in the full shepherd's garb and everything and calls the sheep. Not one of them came. And then the real shepherd went out there in the other guy's clothing and started calling names. One by one, the sheep started coming because the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Shouldn't it be that way in our life? Because there's a lot of voices going around. You have people and things and temptations and opportunities calling your name every day. You need to be able to discern all oh, that's not the shepherd. That, that's not the shepherd. Oh, wait, I, I, hear, I hear the shepherd calling. And you just start going to him. Because his sheep know his voice. He's the good shepherd. You need to learn how to listen to the voice of the shepherd. You need to learn. How to know when it's really Him calling you, when it's really Him telling you something. And I know so many people that they're so scatter-minded. They're, they're so in and out. and They're so all over the place that, that they never, they, they don't know it when it's the shepherd calling. And so they'll, they'll go over here and do this, and they'll go over here and do that. And, they, and, and they're all over, they're, 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 they're all over the place. Because they're listening to every voice that calls their name. Every voice that comes down the street and whistles or calls their name, they just go running. That's why a lot of dogs will do that. You just whistle and pretty much any dog will run up to you. They have no idea if they've ever met you or not. But a sheep's a little bit different. They go by, I don't know that boy. I'm not going over there. That could be a, that could be a prowler. That could be something bad. They go by the voice. You need to learn how to know the voice of the shepherd. Can I get an amen on that? We need to know his voice. And so, there's three main ways that the Lord will call to you and speak to you and there's there's more than this but but three main ways that god's going to speak to you the first is through his word and if you're never reading the word if you're never if you're never in the bible no wonder you never hear anything no wonder it's not because god's not trying to get your attention do you realize how fortunate you are to have a bible in your language that you can read my gosh you're more, you're, you're much better off than the majority of this world is that you have a Bible in the English language and you've got a hundred different translations you can read it from. You can read it on your phone. You can listen to it audibly. You can get your hard copy out and you've probably got several of those. How shameful and how, how awful that there's some people in this world that they, if they can, if they get one page of the Bible in their language, they'll read it back and front, 
forwards and backwards, day and night, every day. And there's some there's some places in this world like that where they 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 get if they could just get one page of the Bible, they'd give their life for it. We've got all 66 books. We've got the Old Testament. You've got the whole thing. And sometimes, you know, oftentimes, well, there's kids starving in other countries. You better read all that. There's people starving for the Word of God in other countries. You better read that, man. Come on. Don't be crazy. And here we are. Well, God never says nothing to me. He always talks to those guys. He speaks to you more than anybody, but you don't listen. Learn to listen. And so there's three main ways He'll speak to you. One is through His Word. Another way is through the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. In what we call the still small voice, the Holy Spirit speaking directly through your to your heart. And and God does that all the time. I mean, he could and I've said it, he could audibly call out to you physically. That could happen. It's never happened to me, but it could happen to you. But but that's very unlikely. That's about a one in a billion chance, though it could happen. But I'm telling you, these are definite ways that God speaks to you all the time. He speaks to you through His Word. He will speak directly to your heart, your spirit, every single day if you'll actually listen to Him. And then also another another main way, again, these are not the only ways, is through the preaching of His Word. That's I'm telling you, to be in a, a church that preaches the Bible. Obviously, I strongly believe this is one, but there's lots of other ones and and all over the world. But to be in a church that is preaching the Bible, God is going to speak to you that way. And so, the sheep, they listen to His voice, they know His voice, and they follow Him. And so, I was I, another thing I read about sheep, because I hear a lot of times people like, you know, sheep are really stupid animals, that's why God compared us to sheep. Do you think Jesus wanted to sit there and call us stupid? Okay, listen, sheep do have some less than intelligent uh, 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 things that they, uh, characteristics such as falling one off the cliff. But at the same time, sheep also are actually pretty smart animals. And I, I read about a, a study that was done. Um, they, they did, uh, they set up a maze and they had different animals. They put them in the middle of the maze and see if they could get their way out. And people usually consider monkeys and things like that to be some of the most intelligent animals. The sheep did it like ten times, got out of the maze ten times faster than the monkey did. Time after time again, they'd rearrange it, and the sheep could find his way out. And so, what I'm, that sounds kind of silly, but what I'm saying is, Jesus doesn't think you're just some dumb old sheep that, you know, well, they're stupid, they're all sheep. No, it's not dumb to be a sheep. It's not a bad thing. It wasn't an insult for you to be called a sheep. But one thing about sheep that he was so right about is, sheep are very easy prey when they're out there on their own. And that's why he would he would chase down the one and leave the 99 because as a sheep, you were not meant to be by yourself. You're supposed to be around other sheep. You're supposed to be with the rest of the flock. You can very easily be picked off if you're not. And so sheep aren't just some stupid old animal, but at the same time, they're, they're vulnerable animals if they're not with the rest of the sheep. And so the last thing I'm going to kind of say is this. The first is that Jesus is the good shepherd. And number two is that we've got to listen and follow his voice. And the third thing I'm going to say is don't seek out other voices. He's the only voice you need. Don't be seeking all the other voices. He said, I am the good shepherd, not, well, I'm one of many. So, you know, just listen to as much of a 
He said, I'm the good shepherd. And, and, and in looking at Old Testament Israel, because that's where, you know, a lot of the shepherd stuff comes from, the most major problem with the children of Israel was not their complaining, though that was a major problem. Who knows? If you've read the Old Testament, they complained a lot. And God would, I mean, God delivered food fresh to their door every day, and it still wasn't. They complained a lot, and that was a big problem. But their biggest problem was that they started turning to other gods time and time again. Maybe they would go into some land that, you know, and, and, and uh, Joshua would conquer a lot of the different uh, areas around there in Canaan. And, and eventually the bad thing was is they would start eventually worshiping the gods of the people that they conquered. That's a bad, bad thing. Or they, 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 they would just adapt to the society around them and, and they would start seeking out those voices too. And like, well, yeah, not, yeah, God's number one, of course. But, I mean, this one over here is pretty cool too. And, and this one promises fertility and this one promises this. And, the, and they would start the, time and time again, they would start worshiping and joining in to the other gods around them. And if there's one thing that God will not put up with, He will not put up with you cheating on Him and worshiping some other God. I mean, seriously. He will not. And I mean, you can see in the Old Testament, if there's one thing that could really get Him going, that did it. Remember when, he, when Moses goes up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments and he comes back down and Aaron had made Baal an idol for them to all worship and they're all bowing down and worshiping a, a, a cow that they made out of everybody's earrings. Moses was so angry. I think this is one of the greatest cases of justice in the Bible. Moses burns the cow down and grinds it up into a powder and puts it into their drinking water and says, drink your God. And he forces the people to drink it. Like, whoa, Moses, that's that's hard. That's brilliant, though. That's hard, but that's brilliant. He said, there's your God. Drink him. See what he does for you now. So it sent Moses, I mean, in a, in a, off the deep end, and he was angry for the right cause, but it, it hurt God, too. And so I want to show you here in Joshua 24. you got to see this. Joshua 24. And we're going to look at verse uh, verse 15. Joshua 24, verse 15. Check this out. But if, if he's your shepherd, why are, why, are you, why are you trying to find something else to be your shepherd? Why are you trying to make something else take that place in your life? He is your shepherd. Joshua 24 and verse 15. And this is, this is a, a, a very important verse. You should know this. We have this... Right outside of our front door, I have this mounted, Joshua 24:15, and and Joshua speaking to the people because already by this point in time they had, they have their freedom and and they they've conquered the promised land in the book of Joshua. They cross the Jordan and and they win the battle of Jericho. They start they start kicking the other nations out and taking over the entire land. And sure enough, the people start. They start going back and forth. Well, we love God, but this is cool over here too. So Joshua says this, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today who you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And so he tells them, it's your choice. 
you are, you're free, man. You can choose to serve and worship whoever you want to worship. If you want to serve the false gods that, that your ancestors served in Egypt, go for it. Maybe you want to serve the gods of the Amorites and whose land that we are living in right now. You do what you want to do, but as for me and my family, we're still going to serve the Lord. And so look at verse 21. Skip down to verse 21. And so Joshua goes through all of it. But the people answered Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> so Joshua says, you are a witness to your own decision. So, hey, you said it. It's your choice. You're a witness to it. You have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, they replied, we are witnesses to what we have said. Now, unfortunately, they did not stick with that. And they did not stick with the Lord, a lot of them. And the promised land that they conquered, they eventually lost. Because even though they claimed to be followers of the Lord, they started following other gods, and it cost them everything. They lost it all. And of course, we know that the, the Jews didn't reclaim Israel until this generation, 1948. It took them that long to get back into Israel. That's insane that it took uh, 1,600 years, I think it was, or I may be off, but it was somewhere around that, that long to get back what they gave away. And so, the Lord is your shepherd, right? You've said it. You're a witness to your own decision, right? You're going to serve the Lord? You said it. You chose to say that. So I'm telling you right now, God's got amazing blessings for you. God's got a promised land for you. The only way that you're not going to get that, the only way that you're not going to conquer that and fulfill God's call is if you choose to walk away and not listen to the voice of the shepherd. Do you see why it's so important that you know His voice? Do you see why it's so important that you be a sheep that stays right there inside of the gate that we read about earlier, inside of the sheepfold with the rest of the flock, and a sheep that knows His voice? Because if you don't, anybody, any prowler, any person, any, any, any danger could just come by and, hey, come on over here, and you'll just go running like a dog. You're not a dog. You're a sheep. And you need to realize that you need to know the voice of the shepherd. And you, you don't need to follow any other voices. And so I'm going to read one last little article here uh, regarding sheep. And uh, actually, this is from D.L. Moody. Uh, but he's, he told this story. Dr. Andrew Bonard told me how in the highlands of Scotland, a sheep would often wander off into the rocks and get into places that they couldn't get out of. And so the sheep would get himself into a spot that he couldn't get out of. The grass on these mountains is very sweet and the sheep like it. And they will jump down 10 or 12 feet and then they can't jump back again. And the shepherd hears them crying in distress. They may be there for days until they have eaten all the grass. The shepherd will wait and wait until they are so faint they can't stand. And then he'll throw a rope down and put it around him. And he'll go over and pull the sheep out of the jaws of death. So he'll, he'll sometimes wait days. Well, why don't they go down there when the sheep first gets there, I asked. He said, they're so foolish they'd run right over the cliff and be killed if they did. And that is the way with people sometimes. If you are a wanderer, I tell you that the good shepherd will bring you back the moment you have given up trying to save yourself and are willing to let him save you his own way. Some of us are killing ourselves trying to save ourselves. Some people are absolutely killing themselves 
trying to do it their own. And God's just saying, are you done yet? Are you done yet? I'll come down there. If you'll just quit, I'll come and really give you the job you've been looking for all this time. I'll come and really bring you the right spouse. I'll come and really do it the right way. Are you done yet? And you're sitting down there running in circles, you know, being crazy. And I and I have to. We all have. But he said, when you're finally done trying to save yourself, I'll come down there and save you. So I'm telling you right now, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. I'd lay my life down for the sheep. And then he told us the sheep, my sheep, they know my voice. They listen to me and they follow me. That's your job. We know what his job is. Your job is to know his voice, to listen and to follow him. Jesus is the good shepherd. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together. tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.